Yesterday was an amazing, wonderful day. Our daughter uh, and son-in-law, Paige and Tony, had, a, uh, had, had planned a uh, cookout up on, right under Low Gap up there at, at uh, Tony's uh, dad's property. And so we had hamburgers, hot dogs, and, and all the fixings, and it just had a great afternoon. The kids absolutely had a ball riding go-karts and golf carts and all kinds of four-wheel gadgets there. And it was, a, it was just a wonderful time. T- Taylor always says, this is the best day of my life. And it was another one of those best days of her lives. And then uh, and the Lord held off the rain. Barbie, right as Barbie and I got home and, and got, and got in the house, man, the bottom fell out and it thundered and here came the rain. And Barbie said, you know, what a, what a neat time that the Lord's given us. And, and now the rain, he let us get in. We were sitting there and I was thinking about uh, something growing up and I was thinking about those times uh, of the year when we'd be with, with, with family and cousins and brothers and sisters and neighbors. And I want some of you may not, but there may be, any of you here remember ever playing kick the can? Anybody ever play kick the can? Yeah. The rest of you, I am so sorry for. Uh, but, but we would just get together and play kick the can. Now, now kick the can is kind of a souped up version of hide and seek, okay? I, I think it's kind of a, a souped up version of that. Well, our younger grandkids have perfected this hide and seek. To them, they have an indoor version of that down at our house. And uh, I think, it's, I think it's, it's been neat. I've loved watching it. And I, and I think that's been a, a motivational factor to help even the, the younger ones before they ever started kindergarten learn to count. Because you know how it goes. If you're it... You hide your eyes and you count. Everybody goes and hides, but you count one, two, three, four, whatever it's up to, 20 or whatever. And if you're it, then you say 20 and you say, ready or not, here I come. Ready or not, here I come. I, 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 can, I was thinking about that yesterday and I can almost, I can almost, um, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I, I remember one or two times, maybe more than that, but, you know, there were a few just good places that if you hide, you weren't going to get caught. And, and, and there were a few good places. But I can remember a few times when I heard that voice, ready or not, here I come. And I went to the, the good place and some, some kid was already there. You ever, did you ever do that? And it's like rats, you know? And, and I mean, you, you know, wherever else you go, you're going to get caught. It's not going to be, you know, it's just like, man. You know, and you weren't ready. I can remember that panic. Well, we've just finished the 24th chapter of Matthew. And in and the 24th chapter of Matthew, Jesus, this on Mount Olive, this Mount Olive Discord course, he, he begins answering their questions to the disciples of, uh, Scott, good to see you and your family here with us. Welcome back home from, where are you from, Thailand, Cambodia? Somewhere. Yeah, it's not Blairsville, but... Good to have you back. Good. To have but uh, Jesus had just been answering the questions of his disciples of when is this, the temple going to be destroyed? What's going to be the signs of your coming? And what's going to be the signs of the end of the age? And Jesus has, has, has worked and he has been answering those questions. And as, he's, as he talks about his, his, the signs of his coming and of the ends of the age, he has left us with this admonition in verse 42 and in verse 44 he tells us Jesus says watch therefore for you know not what hour your Lord doth come therefore 
Be ye also ready. Ready or not. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. So Jesus, in sharing these answers, is, is expecting his disciples to be ready. And he's expecting us to be ready, to be prepared for his coming. Now, there's a, there's a big deal in preparation, and advertisement feeds on this. If, if, if you don't think so, just pay attention because of the, the advertisement industry has got us convinced now that we need these gadgets to be prepared. Now, now some of you, a lot of you probably remember about 19 or 20 years ago now. We were 1998, 1999, and, we were, and everybody was looking to the year 2000. And so we had, they had this term Y2K. You remember that? Some of you remember Y2K? Sounds like a rock group, don't it? This is Y2K. But, but we, we, were, we were looking for Y2K, and we wanted to be prepared. And I think, I think we were wise in doing that. Matter of fact, even here at the House of Prayer, we, we had uh, meetings. We talked about prepared. We talked about, uh, hey, if the, if, the, if the food chain is disrupted, uh, we, you know, we bought some grain, brought, some people bought grinders, learned to, to make bread. We, some of us bought kerosene heaters in case the electricity was off for an extended period of time, you know, and we, we wanted to be prepared. Now we, it's just turned summer, but watch on TV. I, I always amaze me at t- on TV because it'll be 98 degrees outside and they're, they're already telling us you need to be prepared for winter. And they'll show scenes of snow and kids and you're out there saying, man, I wish it was like that here right now. But, but, I, but you need to take advantage of that. I did last year. I mean, uh, I've always wanted a, a generator, you know, one of these little small portable generators. And, and uh, we, we borrow one. We use fun, those for upward football. And we'd barred Will and Jackie coins. And finally, I, I told Barbara, I said, man, winter's coming. And, you know, the power's going to be off. And uh, we need us one of them small portable generators. And uh, so we kept, I, I kept, man, I kept pushing it, kept pushing it. So finally, I think we got one for each other for anniversary or something. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, that works, don't it, Joe? You've done that. Hey, I love it. And, and sure enough, last, sure enough, last Thanksgiving, and it was Wednesday. We, we were going to do we were going to do the turkey at our house on Wednesday, uh, because our, our kids go to their families everywhere on Thursday. So it was Wednesday. Barbie's got the uh, the turkey in the roaster a pan cooking, and the power goes off. Heard a, I think she heard a, a transformer explode. The power went off, and she calls me. I'm out at the church office, and she says, "Honey," she said, "I got the turkey in, and the power's off." I said, "Babe." We have a generator, <laughs> and I am your man. <laughs> I will be right there. I was, I, was, I, I was loving it, man. I was loving it. So sure enough, I, I flipped off the lights. I told the guy I'd be back to pray with him later. I, no, I didn't, I didn't do that. <laughs> but I was out of there pretty fast, and I got, to the, I got to the house, go down there, bring that generator, pull the cord, got that thing fired right up. I went in the house and got that roaster pan, brought it outside on the, on the porch, plugged it in and we are cooking turkey with the power off with the generator. You got to be prepared. I'm just telling you, you got to be prepared for the unexpected. And I loved it. Now, when we go, when we go on trips or when we go camping or if the family's going vacation, Barbie prepares, but almost all of us in the family would say, 
Men, she, she, she spends way too much time preparing. She spends way too much effort. I mean, she, all the rest of us are out there excited. We're ready to go. And she's, she's packing. She's planning. She's doing all this stuff. And we're thinking, that is so ridiculous. And we go camping. And then the unexpected happens. And what do we do? We go to Barbie. Because she has prepared. Whatever it is, she's, she's got it. Oh, yeah, I packed that. I thought it might come in handy. So while we're out doing all this, you know, checking my rods and reels and fishing, the other stuff, she's getting the essentials and she's prepared and it happens. We know Barbie's going to be prepared. Ready or not, here I come. And Jesus is basically saying to his disciples here in Matthew 24, and as we move into chapter 25 today, he's saying to them, ready or not, here I come, but I want you to be ready. Now I want to share I want to share a, a, a story, a little bit of story that you know. It's going to be going back to the oldies. And then when I finish, I want to basically share a story that Jesus shares in the first 13 verses of Matthew 25. It's a parable. It's a story that he tells about being ready. Let me, let me get mine out of the way first. <clears throat> it's one you know. And I appreciate Jenny and Darwin have taken me under their wing and they provide me living water every Sunday. My story is about three little pigs. Uh, now, you may have heard this story, but I'll just tell you, there are many versions. Because uh, when I grew up, the pigs, little piglets, got gobbled up. But I know there's political correct version where they don't. So I'll, we'll, we'll kind of, wherever we are there. But the story is of, a, of three little pigs and the mama pig that's sending her piglets now out into the world on their own. And they're ready. They're ready for this. And she sends them out with the words, you know, hey, go make your fortune. And whatever you do, though, do it well. Because if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. So she sends them out. And the first little pig that soon meets a, a man that's selling straw. And the little pig, all knowing that they need a shelter and a place, the first little pig decides, hey, here's straw. It's handy. I'm going to build my house out of straw. So he proceeds to build his house out of straw, goes up quickly. It's lightweight. And he's out playing, having fun. Second little pig goes along and he meets a person selling sticks. And he looks at it and he said, I can build a house out of sticks. So he, he buys the sticks and he goes and he proceeds to build his house. And he too has got his house built fairly quickly and it's a good house and he's out playing with his other little brother piglet. The third little pig goes along and he meets a man selling bricks. And so he buys a load of bricks and he begins to build his house. But building a brick house takes a lot more time than building a, stone, a, 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 a stick house or a straw house. But nevertheless, he takes his time and he, he, other little piglets are hollering at him, come on out and play with us. Why are you building such a strong house? But finally, he gets his house done, and the three little pigs are having fun playing together and living together and making their fortunes until the unexpected happens. That, you know what that is, right? It's the big bad wolf. And one day, the little bad wolf, big little bad wolf, the big bad wolf comes along to the, to the first house made out of straw, and he knocks. Little pig, little pig, let me in. 
You know the story, and little pig says, no, no, not by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. I'll not let you in. I prepared for that just for this. <laughs> so we know the story, and so the big bad wolf says, well, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in, and boy, he does. The, un, the unredacted version gobbles the little pig up. More politically correct version, whichever one you want to tell your, your kids. First little pig runs to the house of the second of the brother. It's got a stick house, and it gets in, Okay. Big bad wolf goes to the second house. Knocks, same thing. Little pig, little pig, let me in. I won't, not but a hair of my chin, chin. Big bad wolf huffs and blows. Blows that house down also. They run to the little, third little pig's house, Brick. He lets them in. Big bad wolf comes along. Little pig, little pig, let me in. Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin, and he huffs and he puffs, and he huffs and he puffs, and he can't blow the brick house down. So he decides he'll go up on the chimney and he'll go down in the chimney and get him some bacon and pork chops and all that the pigs have to offer. <laughs> so he goes up on the roof and, he, and the pigs hear him climbing on the roof. And as he's climbing up on the roof, they build a fire in the fireplace and they put a pot of boiling water on the fire. Now again, depending on which version you partake to is what happens. The wolf comes down and anyway, with a pot of boiling water, they never have trouble with the big bad wolf again. You need to be prepared. You need to be prepared for the unexpected. Now, go with me to Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells a story, and it's a far better story than the three little pigs. It's a story about a wedding. Now, uh, in the the culture that Jesus would tell this in oriental weddings, uh, and indeed, there's, 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 quite, there's a lot of difference than, than the way we do weddings. One of the ones is in, the, in this wedding, in Oriental weddings, it is, and some of you will love this and say, man, that sounds like a good, good uh, tradition. In the Oriental weddings, it was the groom who paid, who footed the bill for a whole wedding. Ha! Ah, yeah! Some of you, especially if you've got three or four girls, you're saying, man, Todd Matthews, where are you and Kelly? I'm saying, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, man. Yeah, it was a groom and, and, and he would, that, that was the folks, he, he footed the bill. And basically what would happen in preparation and leading up to the wedding, uh, the groom would, would have to, he had to be established in his vocation or in his career. And then he would begin building or preparing a house or a place for, to bring his bride. And, and, and so the, the, the conversations are going back and forth and, and words passing. But when the when the house was ready, when everything was ready for the celebration, for the wedding, then the bridegroom would leave to go where the bride was to bring her to the place he had prepared. And along the way, after he had received the bride, there would be an entourage. There would be all these uh, attendants that would join in the celebration and the procession as they, as they went to their new home. And as they went to the wedding celebration. Well, that's the custom. And Jesus is telling the story. And the story is not on the groom. Usually in, in the New Testament, when we talk about the bridegroom and in the parables and stories, it refer, we're talking about who? Who? Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about Jesus Christ. He's the groom. And the bride uh, normally would re- make a reference to the church, the bride of Christ. Matter of fact, the church... Christian believers are referred to as a bride of Christ. It's interesting that this story that Jesus tells, the bride's not even mentioned. The groom is mentioned, but the focus is not on him. 
The focus is on these 10 virgins. Let's look at this. It says, Jesus said, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto 10 virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. Now, it didn't say, Jesus didn't say that five of them were bad and five of them were good. It doesn't say that, does it? He could have said that if that's what he had wanted to say, if that's what he had meant. He didn't say that. He just says, here are 10 virgins and they're wanting to be a part of this, this celebration and of this, of this wedding celebration. And they go forth and they're ready and five of them are foolish and five of them are wise. Well, what made the difference? Look, it says, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now their lamps most likely would have been different ways, but it could have been a, a kind of like a, a little pot here and they would have oil, most likely olive oil in here and maybe a spout and in a spout they would put a wick or a, uh, like a candle wick almost down in there. And it would, it would, as, it, as it absorbed the oil, it's, it's not a lot different than our kerosene lamps, but just wasn't sophisticated. They weren't from the mountains here. So they would, have, they would take this lamp and they would, have, they would have had it, and they would have had it lit, and they would have had their lamps full of oil. Now, the difference was all these virgins left and all of them had oil in their lamps and all their lamps were burning. What made the difference? The, the, the wise virgins took extra oil. They, took, they were prepared for the unexpected. All of them were ready. All of them were excited. All of them wanted to be a part. Now notice what happens. It says, while the bridegroom, verse five, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Now let me ask you, is, is there anything wrong with sleeping? Huh? No, boy, amen. Somebody said, somebody said, definitely not. Definitely not. And, and it's, a, it's a physical need. Now, I don't, I don't want to point any fingers at anybody, but there's a few of us, when we get really tired and really sleepy, can, and I know this will surprise you, can get a little grouchy, a little cranky. <laughs> I know I'm getting close to that when Barbie says to me, you want to go lay down for a while? Okay, uh, and, 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 and she understands. But there's nothing wrong with sleeping. The, 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 the 10 virgins hadn't done anything wrong. The bridegroom didn't come when they were expecting him. They left, they went out, they were ready, they were watching, they were waiting. He, they, they, in their minds, he should have done been there, man. But as they waited and they waited and they waited, he didn't come, so they got tired. So all of them, Wise and foolish, nodded off. Now, look what happens. And let me just say this before we look next verse. There's nothing wrong with, with sleeping physically, but we need to stay spiritually awake. We don't need to be nodding off and slumbering spiritually, okay? We need to be spiritually attentive and alert and prepared. That's what this, that's what this story is about. It's about being ready, being prepared. 
So they've nodded off. The bridegroom hadn't come. They're expecting they're supposed to be coming tonight. They're there. They've got their lamps. They've got oil in the lamps. At midnight, verse 6 says, at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom comes. Go out to meet him. They all woke up. Look what it says. Verse 7, then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. Now, we know, if you, again, if you've had kerosene lamps, you know what that is, right? It's you trim the wick. You trim, you trim the carbon, the ash, and stuff off you that makes them shine brighter. But there was a problem. As they all woke up and they, they, were, they were quickly trimming their wick on their lamps, the foolish, in verse 8, said to the wise, we need some of your oil for our lamps are gone out. Maybe as they begin to, to trim their wicks, Maybe their lamps begin to flicker. Maybe they realize there's no, all the oil has been gone out of the bottom now. There's nothing left in there. Today in, uh, in our age of batteries, we'd say they flicked the light on. It was dim and it began to flicker. And they started shaking those batteries. Things may get some extra power out of that. Their batteries are gone. Okay? And so they, they, they realize he didn't come back when they thought he was coming. They didn't prepare for the unexpected. They didn't prepare for the delay. They didn't prepare for the wait. Waiting can be hard. So what happens? They ask the, the, they ask the, the wise who've got extra oil, hey, can we have some of your oil? Look in verse nine. Verse nine says, but the wise answered to him and said, no, because we, we don't, there's not enough for you and us. Go and buy some more oil for yourselves. I'm not, I could comment on that, but I don't want to comment on that a lot here. I don't have time. But they, they told him to go buy. Now I'm thinking, where are we buying oil at midnight? Is Walmart still open? That's the only place I know at midnight. You're gonna, you know, if you run out of, you run out of oil, you, you, if you run out of oil, the prayer's out, and you run out of oil in the middle of the night, you better be, you know, you're hoping Walmart's open, I guess. I don't know. So, so where are they going to go buy oil? Are they going to have to go wake somebody up that sells oil? Wherever it was, they went to buy oil. Look at this. Verse 10. They went to buy. It wasn't that the, the, the foolish, I started to say it wasn't that they weren't smart. They were just foolish. Okay. All right, somewhere in there. They, 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 they had good intentions. They wanted to be a part of it. They were ready. He just didn't come back when he should have. He tarried. He delayed. Now it's Midnight. And they thought, he'd be, they thought he had done come and gone and they would have been in the wedding long before now. Who gets married at midnight? But nevertheless, they woke up. They realized their oil was gone. They go to buy oil. But look what happens in verse 10. While they were gone to buy oil, what happened? The bridegroom came. And I've underlined this next part in my, in my Bible. It says, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Have you ever been, um, have you ever been to, to a wedding uh, and, and it's, it's a pretty, pretty formal wedding? At a, at a pretty formal wedding, once the wedding starts, 
Once they start seeding grandparents and, and parents, you know what happens? Nobody else comes in those doors until the wedding party's all in. They stop them. Don't come in. The door was shut, verse 11. Afterward then came the other virgins saying, Lord, we got oil in our lamp now. Now let us in. We, we went and bought some. You, you know, we, you just, you didn't come when we thought you was coming and, 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 our, and we ran out of oil, but we're ready now. Verse 12, pretty rough, but he answers and you get to kind of the feeling he's answering through the door. I don't know you. Verse 13 is the crux. Watch therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man comes. Ready or not, here I come. Ready or not, the Lord is going to return. He's going to return. Sometime John Wesley Someone asked John Wesley, they said, uh, they said, if you knew the Lord was returning tomorrow, the same time, this time tomorrow, what would you do? Now, I've, I've kind of thought, have you ever thought, man, if I knew the Lord was coming, if I really knew he was coming next, tomorrow or next week, what would I do? Would I be on the phone calling family? Would I be on the phone calling, what would I be doing? <clears throat> John Wesley basically answered him with this. He said, I'd go to bed, I'd go to sleep, I'd get up in the morning, and I'd go do what I've been doing every day because I'd want the Lord to find me doing what he's called me to do. Wow. Wow. Live ready for the Lord's return. John Walford uh, and some of, his, some of you read some of his study books. But John Walford said this. said, stay alert as if the Lord will come tomorrow. But prepare as if he will not even come in your lifetime. Live ready. Because ready or not, here he comes. So the, I want to close with just, just thought. How do we live ready? How, how do we live? How would we live in the, in the waiting time? I love you, you know that. I don't think there's a question. If you're a part of the house of prayer, and even those of you that I hadn't met, just friends I hadn't met yet, the, the Peruvians and, that are perusing around and uh, different, different visitors. Matt, I've seen pictures of you and talked to Denise, and she's loved on you and elevated you and bragged on you. And uh, I just, I love it. I, I thank you. Are you the one who's in the military for so long? Is that you? You're the one that's EMT then, the paramedic. The police officer. I knew you were doing something like that. <laughs> She's bragged on you. This is, but this is, this is what, this is what I've noticed, okay? And, it, and, and it's none of you here, but you may know somebody like this. They, they, they've started out. I love this. So I love the song when it said, I'm on my way. I'm on the way. I, I, there's a new one. Mildred, you got, you got me. There's a new one. And that's one that'll make you, that'll make you, that'll make even your old, old feet kind of pat. <laughs> I love that. And I, and I love that. And I love that excitement. I love that zeal. I love that clapping part. 
and this is, but this I've seen many people be excited and, and, and start out well, but they thought they were in a sprint. And it turns out that the Christian life is more like a marathon, oftentimes. And what I have noticed that can happen, don't have to happen, should not happen, but it can happen. Be prepared. Be prepared for waiting time. Be prepared for the unexpected. What I've noticed happen is that sometimes in the waiting time, their passion, someone's passion, someone's zeal, someone's excitement about this Christian walk cools. It's not that they say, well, shoot, I just don't believe in God anymore. Very seldom do I see that happen. Most of the time it's just, eh, I just, I just, you see them, they kind of slack off coming to church when churches, when the services are here. You see them, you see them back off from volunteering and being involved. I've done my time, I've served. And soon you miss them. And it's not that they have just turned their back on God. It's just that in the waiting, other things have come in and come between. You've seen it. You may have experienced it. And our lamps begin to flicker. Ready or not, he's coming. I've got family. Maybe you have family. That once were excited, couldn't wait to be in church, couldn't wait to share, couldn't wait to minister. And my heart grieves. And your heart grieves. Waiting's hard. But he's coming. He's coming. How do we live ready for his coming? Let me share two two things. I I look back there in the clock and I thought it was 12 o'clock and I think it's 12.30. I thought, man, this is so cool. God, you have done this in 12.30. Two things quickly and then we're going to share in communion. How How do we prepare for life? How do we prepare for the unexpected? How do we prepare for waiting times? We, uh, how do we prepare? We, we've uh, 30-something years of pastoring. And the last seven weeks have been some of the most, uh, for me, I told Barbie, I'm, I'm just, I'm drained. Sometimes we've, sometimes we've had, uh, you know, last year we had almost like a rash of, of, of family church members whose kids, who, who tragically, and there were accidents and things, and we were dealing with that. And sometimes we've had three or four deaths, just like boom, 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 in our church family, back to back, maybe four. But I'm looking at seven in the last six weeks. And most, and most all of them are people that, that I know, that I know well, that I love, that you know, that you love, they're part of our church family, that I could tell you where they were sitting if they were here. And for every one of those that I do this, uh, a, a service for, it's like, it's like my heart was 
made out of paper and there's just a little corner of my heart that's torn off. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I love them. I mean, when I know whether they were the Lord, Norm, this process, Elaine, back to the ER Friday morning, airlifted to Gainesville. But I t- talked to Norm before they left with Elaine and Norm was saying, Jerry, what am I, I, can't, I can't live without her. What am I going to do? And, and, and I, I said, Norm, I don't know, but I know that God's grace is still here. It's still there for you, for me. And we got to draw deeply on it. Nobody, how do you prepare for those times like that? When your spouse or when your child, how do you prepare for that? Yesterday, I'm doing, I believe, service, the funeral service, and I'm getting texts from Norm. I get a text in my pocket, and, and I look, and it's Norm filling me in on what's going on with Elaine in Gainesville. And then later yesterday afternoon, when, they, when Elaine goes home to be with the Lord, Norm and I talk, and he said, uh, Jerry? And, and I was able to point him, said, Norm, listen, listen. Elaine is not hurting Elaine is not in pain anymore. Elaine left a testimony that she had asked Christ in her heart. She loved Jesus. Norm, the next time we see Elaine, she won't be in a crippled body, and neither will you, and neither will I. Now, Norm, that's something to look forward to in his time. How do do we prepare for that? How do we prepare for the unexpected of life? How do we prepare for the Lord's? You know, we're excited. And I'm looking for him to come. I'm really looking for the Lord to come. I want him to come. When, we look, when you look around, the number of people that, gave, that were killed last year because of their faith, because of their faith in Christ, the number of people that were martyred because of their Christian faith, and the persecution, and the things that's going on, we're sheltered, we're blessed, but we look at that and I, I find myself crying like the writer of the Revelation, John, even so, come Lord. Man, I'm ready, Lord. And he's, as he tarries, he wants us to live ready because ready or not, he's coming. How do we do that? Two, two, two things. First thing, and these are too simple and, and they're so simple, you're gonna say, duh, I know that. Well, you know what? Most Sundays that I stand up here, you probably don't learn anything new. It's more, uh, for me, it's more the Holy Spirit reminding me of his word and his truth of his word that we've heard before. And it brings it to us in a new light or a new perspective. So the first one of that is this. Develop and take special care of your prayer life. Can you imagine having a best friend that you never talked with? No. This don't go together, does it? Don't go together. Jesus, talk to him. You don't have to do the these and the thous. And you don't have to be formal. I mean, for me, for me, it's, it's, it's a realization. I think this is a realization that the Holy Spirit of God lives within us and that Jesus has promised as a child of God that he is right here with us all to, right now. So wherever you go, he goes with you. Whatever you do, if you're a child of God, whatever you do, he is there as you do that. Talk to him. Talk to him. 
And I found that the more I talk to him, the more I realize he's there, the more I want to talk to him. He, he loves you. <clears throat> he knows all about you and he's loved you. He loves you anyway. Now, boy, that's a, that's a bargain. He loves you. Develop and take care. Talk to Jesus. And the second one is part of it, and you know it, but I've got to remind you of it. Stay in God's word. Read it. Read it individually. Read it as a family. Read it with your spouse. Read it with your grandkids. Read it. If you read, read, read a verse. Read a chapter. Read chapters. If you haven't got this with you, get you one of those spiritual snicker bars now. Out there are the daily breads and read it in the daily bread. Get you an app. Load it on your phone. People think you're technically savvy and you're out there doing technology. You can be reading God's word. Yeah. Wherever you are. Read God's word. Be prepared for life. But be prepared for wait. Live ready. I'm about like Forrest. That's all I've got to tell you. Ready or not, the Lord's going to return. Let's pray. I'm going to ask the deacons if they will just slip out and slip on up to the front. Father, as, as we look into your word and we look into the surety and the truthfulness, absolute clarity of your word, you want us to know that you are returning. You wanted the disciples to know that and to rest assured in that, but you also wanted them to be prepared to, because they were looking for it, but you didn't come in their lifetime as they were anticipating. But I'm convinced that you want every generation of Christians to live looking and live ready for your return because your word is sure you will return. Now, Father, I'm aware that this morning there may be those here who have never trusted you as their Savior. And this morning, your Holy Spirit may be speaking to them about the need for them to say, to ask you to come in their heart. If that's you this morning, I would encourage you, if you're here and you've never asked Christ to forgive you of your sins and to save you, and you've never surrendered your life and given it to him. Now, listen, he's not interested in just a, a fire insurance. He's not interested in just... Uh, you can talk to him and say, I, I, I don't want to go to hell, but I want to live my life the way I want to. But he gets really interested when you say, God, I, I'm, I'm willing to give up and surrender to you. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I need your guidance in my life. If that's you this morning, just ask him, say, God, come into my life. Save me. Change me in the ways that you want me to be changed. Grow me. Help me live ready. Live prepared for your return. Commit to the prayer, Bible reading. You may be here this morning and you may say, Jerry, hey, I, I know I've been saved. It's not a matter of that. But Jerry, life has happened. Things have happened. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. I, I've not talked to him the way I should talk to him in a long time. And reading, his Bible, reading my Bible has kind of been a thing that uh, I didn't do near as much now as I did when, when I was going through this trial or when I was in this situation. And maybe for you, it's just a matter of saying, God, forgive me. Forgive me for letting the oil run low. 
my life and in my light. And Lord, help me to be wise as these wise virgins and to stay strong in your word and to stay strong in relationship with you in prayer. Now, Father, I give you glory. And as we come to a time of remembering your grace and your your love in the communion, I pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to each individual your truth for them. In Christ I pray.